What if you could eliminate all the stress and anxiety surrounding those things that you've been putting off? Stay tuned to learn how to solve the problem of dread time with this simple trick. Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Inside Strategic Coach Podcast with Dan Sullivan. Dan, you brought up a very fun term the other day in one of our workshops called dread time, which was kind of fun because you described your own experience. In this case, it was preparing for a new workshop that everyone related to. And I thought that would be a really fun topic for today because most people think that you don't experience this, but you do. So can you talk about what dread time is for you? Well, first of all, I have to give a bigger context for this that we're in a 12-month period where we're having people essentially free up a 1,000 hours from their existing commitments and existing obligations and their normal work things that they have to do. So it'd be a 1,000 hours that if you did it this year, it'd be more or less a repetition of last year, and you're going to free up those 1,000 hours through another concept. Well, first of all, you're going to free up a 1,000 hours of time, and you're going to do that by finding who's who are now going to do the house that you did last year, but you're not going to do them this year, and you're going to get a 1,000 hours freed up. So you're freeing up essentially a 1,000 hours that was determined by the past so that you can redirect them to creating a bigger future. So Mm -hmm. this is it. Just to give you some numbers, I mean, we're getting everybody's data, and we're going to create a leaderboard of who the real champs are. But in the first six months when we started this, the top person, based on a work year of 2,200 hours, freed up 1,850 hours. So this year, he's only going to do roughly 350 hours out of 2,200 hours, what he did last year, and 1,850 hours are going to be directed to other activities. And we say it's your call what you want to use. If it's going on vacations, if it's education, it could be entirely personal. A lot of you are going to direct it towards health and exercise. And I said, but think about something where you can operate with a much greater value creation in the marketplace with much bigger check writers, with activities that you totally love. And these are ideas you've had on the back burner maybe for four or five years, but your time has been all used up. So I just wanted to give this context. And I said, you know, There's the actual time of activities that you shouldn't be doing. So any activities you say, you know, I'd like to free myself up from this, and I ask them the question, well, about how many hours a week are you doing if it's a weekly activity? And they say it's four hours. And I said, would that be every week? Yeah, they say yes. And I said, so how many weeks are you not going to work out of the next 52? You know, and these are coach clients who maybe take 12 weeks off a year. So I said, okay, so it's 40 weeks times four hours. It's 160 hours. Okay, and they said, wow, wow, that's quite a bit. I never thought because I just thought about it four hours a week. And I said, no, but it's repeated every single week. And a lot of it is meetings that they don't want to be in or it's, detail work that somebody else could easily do. And there's a huge jump in sense of freedom just by identifying that I would not do this. Not only would you not do it this year, you wouldn't do it in any year for the rest of your life. And I said, so 
let's say, how many of you are going to be an entrepreneur 25 years from now? And, you know, most of them say yes, absolutely. And I said, so it's 160 hours times the next 25 years. Now we're talking about some big, big numbers. You know, you're talking 200. You know, I'm doing quick math here. I, I grew up when you could do this stuff in your head. <laughs> you know, but it's in the thousands of hours. It's a big number. And I said, just think about that. You just freed up the next 25 years of never doing this activity again. And it has a huge impact on them. The thing is, they learn it with these four hours, and then they start going looking for three hours here, five hours here. And pretty soon, they're up in 500 hours, they're freeing up. But the one with 1,850 hours, he did it with 11 decisions and moves. Mm -hmm. And he pulled it off basically in six months. So he pulled 1,850 hours. And I said, now, I want to tell you something else. When you have an activity that you really don't like doing, and it actually kind of irritates you, how many of you procrastinate in getting to that activity? And, you know, the hands go up. I know I have to do it, but I don't want to do it now. And I said, so when you're dreading doing the activity, are you productive when you're dreading that? No, and they said, I'm paralyzed. You know, and uh, I fool around and, <laughs> you know, I look at this and I look at that and I'm distracted. So I said, how many of you, the amount of time dreading an activity you don't want to do is multiple times the actual doing of the activity? Let's say it's an hour to actually do the activity, but you dread do it. How many of you know situations where you dread it for 10 hours before you actually do it. <laughs> so the dreading dread time, I'm introducing this concept, dread time probably wastes more of your time and your energy and makes you feel deflated and you know undermines your confidence. The dreading of doing an hour's time might be 10 hours of dread for the actual doing of the hour. And actually, the experience of going through the dread is much more painful than the actual doing of the activity because you're in motion. And being in motion actually creates its own energy. Mm -hmm. And then you want to do it as fast as possible because you don't want to be in an activity. So I introduced this idea, and this was after people had made really a lot of progress freeing up things and getting themselves. And they always pick a who who would love this activity, and because they love the activity, are a lot better at it, uh -huh. okay? And they don't have the emotions attached to the activity. It's what the entrepreneur wants, and I can be a hero. They can be a hero for doing it. So, you know, and I often say, you know, the things that you hate, other people love. And that's why having upwards of 8 billion people on the planet, there's got to be somebody out there who the activity that I dread and I hate doing when I'm doing it, I bet there's somebody out there if I define it right and get it out on the Internet, I bet this person will do it for me because they love doing this activity. So this whole thing about dread, you know, is a really interesting thing. And it's strictly going on in your brain. It's true. Nobody outside of you has the foggiest idea what you're going through. <laughs> it's just you torturing yourself. It's just you telling stories to scare yourself so you can't be productive, you know. <laughs> so Dan, what are, what's an example of dread time for you? Yeah, and I'm a last minute guy. And those who know the Colby profile and they know you know, what a fact finder is, what a follow through is, what a quick start is, what a implementer is in the Colby profile. 
I'm a kind of a an extreme case in that I have two fact finder, two follow through, ten quick start, four implementer. Yeah, and I really use the implementer because all strategic coach concepts and tools have diagrams and forms, and I'm the original designer of most of the first time it's happened, then it's modified by other people for uh-huh. other people. But I like drawing things out, and I actually think things visually. Uh. So it's not hard for me to draw because I see situations, I see ideas, I see them in diagrams and arrows and stars and circles <laughs> and you know boxes and everything like that. So as we're recording this, this is the beginning of our 120th quarter, which is 30 years of every quarter for 30 years, I've designed at least half of a workshop with entirely new material. And even the stuff we're using, again, I'm going to approach it differently. And Uh it's part of our, you know, if I call about competitive advantage or unique advantage in the marketplace, there aren't many coaching programs that in the 30th year are even more creative than they were in the first year. It's a strong suit that we have, and we have a lot of very gifted individuals who love creating new stuff in our Mm -hmm. program. We have great packaging, we have great artists, we have great writers, you know, sound engineers, and everything else, because we have this capability. And so I have 40 clients right now who've been in the program for 25 years. And the reason I said every time I come back, there's something new. And I said, (laughs) I've never seen a program where there's constantly new stuff. And I said, well, I mean, it's like music. You know, you have a favorite singer and you like to hear the new stuff, but if they don't sing the favorite ones, you're not, it's not as satisfying. I mean, Paul McCartney, you don't go to a Paul McCartney concert unless. Somewhere in there is yesterday. You got to sing yesterday, you know. That's true. Yeah, it's like one of my favorite all-time entertainers is Roy Orbison. And Roy Orbison, you know, I don't care what he's seen that night. You got to have Pretty Woman, but you know. And you know three beats into it. Roy Orbison doesn't fool around when he starts his song. So we like new, but we like continuity also. And you're always balancing of how much new do they need and how much reinforcement of favorite things do they like. But I think about this, you know, I'll be thinking about what's going to happen for the next quarter, but it's really not until the last two weeks before the deadline, and this is production deadlines. I've got whole teams that can't do a thing until I've delivered the ideas in, you know, rough form and diagram form. What I realize is that I love the activity of creating a brand new workshop And when I get into it, the actual designing, it happens really fast, and my teamwork is really great. But I put them under a lot of pressure. But not only that, I realize that I hate those last two weeks. Mm. I love the activity, but I hate the situation that I put them into. And I've done this for 119 quarters. (laughs) So this next quarter is the first quarter where the actual deadline is two weeks before the actual deadline. Mm. And I'm going to have everything finished four weeks before and what I'm noticing is that there isn't dread time this time because I know that I will get this done really early and there's no pressure on anyone but most especially there's no pressure on me that's so and that's dread time I've eliminated the dread time I know I'm going to do it I know I always do it I know I always pull it off 
but that last two weeks for going on 30 years, I don't like what I experience. And Babs, you know, she'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'm sitting on the edge of the bed and she says, workshop? And I says, yeah. She says, well, go down and drink some warm milk or something and and don't wake me up when you come back, you know, and everything else. And I said, I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to eliminate that from my future. I'm always going to create new workshops, but I just said, I'm going to eliminate this two-week experience, which happens four times a year. So it's... Dread time. Well, eight weeks of pressure time, but dreading Mm -hmm. the last two weeks. I'm not dreading creating the new workshop. I'm dreading the experience that I put myself in during the last two weeks. That's really powerful. And this is happening, you know, this is my 45th year of coaching. I'm 75 years old, and I just discovered an experience. You know, you've been doing this for 30 years. You hate it, and it always makes you really miserable during the last two weeks. You always do great work. You always produce. Everybody's happy with the product, but you make yourself really unhappy. Just do it two weeks before the actual deadline. Wow. Dan, I think the distinction between you love the activity but it's the timing of it. And I hate the way that I prepare for the activity. I hate the way that I set up. I hate the way I organize the experience. Mm -hmm. And I dislike that pressure. Right. What I also really appreciate is the strategy that you have is actually changing the timing, right? The deadline is now well before. So you've got a whole different set of strategies emerge. Probably teamwork will change as well. I know you're working with Kathy, mm-hmm. our brilliant program designer, to kind of get exercises figured out sooner. In fact, I think you had some of them figured out at the beginning of... <laughs> I'm already working on the whole morning, which is usually the new stuff as morning. I've got it down 80%. I'll start the actual design process six weeks before it's ready. And once I get into the actual activity, it goes really fast. So, uh-huh. And I said, a deadline's a deadline. Give yourself a deadline that makes you happy. Don't give yourself a deadline that makes you miserable. Mm. <laughs> it sounds so simple, but it took a while to figure that out. Yeah. I love it. Well, Dan, this is kind of a cool approach to eliminating procrastination, to increasing unique ability teamwork, to really avoiding that emotional, emotionally traumatic time, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through with a bunch of different circumstances. So I appreciate you sharing that up until now you have had dread time. And I think that's well, sort of a new insight for people. And I, I actually knew this because I had a great accountant in the program for about 15 years. He was in the program for about five years, and he made a radical change for the accounting industry. He said, first of April, I'm going on holidays for the whole month of April. Well, I don't know where it is around the world, but in the U.S. and Canada, April is when accountants do not go on Friday because you're working 12-hour days. It's highly pressure. And he said at the end of one April, he said, I'm never going to go through this again. He says, I'm going to start communicating to my clients. He says that you have to have all your this year's numbers in by January 31st. Okay. And he said, if you don't have it in by January 31st, you're going to go into the penalty period because we're not going to file until after the deadline. And the government has ways of encouraging you not to do that. Okay. And he just told them and people said, well, you're not my accountant anymore. And he said, you know something, it's a free marketplace. It's a free choice. But he said, this is the way I'm going to do that. And anybody who said that, he realized that they were a large amount of the pressure because they would get it in a week before. And just by them saying, well, you can't be my accountant anymore. 
he actually opened the space and he got great accountants who says, well, whatever the rules are. He says, why wouldn't I want to have it in early? Why wouldn't I have it in as soon as possible? He says, oh, that'd be great for me too. He says, I'll tell my team that it's not March 31st, it's January 31st. And within two years, he had changed his entire life. And every April, he went for the last, you know, you talk to accountants, they say, oh, April, 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 you know. Wow, wow, dreadful April. I hate April and everything else. And he said, I'm not going to hate April. I'm going to be on free days in April. (laughs) So, you know, everybody's got their own world and everybody's got their own ways of organizing their time where it's not actually about the activity. You know, he likes finishing off and getting tax returns complete and getting them in. He actually enjoys it. There's a real sense of completion about it. He says, but I can't stand the way the industry organizes, the way we learned how to organize when we were going through an accounting school, when I was articling, you know, when I was working in other firms. It's just an absurd, absurd way of making yourself totally miserable for one month out of every year for the rest of your career. Uh And so he just said, I'm changing the rules. And he says, if 20% of my client base doesn't want to follow the rules, good, I'll find 20% who are better to replace them. Uh That is so insightful. I love how he did it. I love how you've done it. And I'm sure that I'm going to think about some ways that I can eliminate some dread time. I know it'll be really useful for everyone listening. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. I appreciate it, Shannon. At Strategic Coach, we focus on growth in every area of your business and life, leading to freedom that entrepreneurs dream of. Join Dan Sullivan, founder of Strategic Coach, for a brand new on-demand web presentation. It's a breakthrough hour of wisdom, insight, and proven strategies. Over 18,000 entrepreneurs can't be wrong. Watch today at danwebinar.com.